from audio you won't hear because I we had an amazing ten minute conversation yeah. uh, about things we're gonna have another conversation <laughs> about. Um, so I'm here with Heather Collier, um, who's been a good friend of mine. Say hi, Heather. If you hi, want. Heather. Uh, and Heather is many things um, to me and has been and then is in is many things in the world and we'll talk about a lot of them soon but uh, yeah so Heather was my first I was saying this in the deleted scenes (laughs) let me make sure it's not uh, Heather was my first uh, female friend uh, when I was about 14, we met, I believe in a computer class. Do you remember that? I think that? you're right. Yeah. Uh, and I have How did we end up in the same computer class? Uh, it was one of those like elective computer classes. Oh, uh, I thought maybe it's just cause I was bad at computers cause I still am. So I, I thought maybe I was just two years behind. <laughs> you were just two years behind. No, I think it was like, everyone must take this at some point and you get to well, choose when. we had when. that like homeroom or whatever together too. Oh, it was like me and you and but I really remember Bill that computer and... class because we would zoom through stuff and then just sit around the table. Yes. And yeah, but that com- we did have with snacks. Yes, of course with <laughs> snacks. Now I'm paranoid. I'm like checking this uh thing. I'm going to be checking this the whole time. Um but yeah, so we were having this really great conversation that got deleted. I'm so mad. Uh can you tell by my sweet voice? Um <laughs> But okay. no, yeah. At least fun. we only did it like ten minutes in. Yeah, I checked it. And it yeah. wasn't the entire thing. So that that's the okay. So I'm making this podcast, and we're we're I'm trying. I'm on this mission to to capture conversations that are highlighting the good things that are happening in Elwood by people from Elwood by people in Elwood, whatever. Uh, including my dog, Jenny, who's yeah, she's insisting on being on... She's got a lot to say. Uh, on recording right now. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I kind of wanted to talk to Heather about... We, we started with talking about how we were both straight edge until our early 20s, <laughs> meaning we didn't do drugs, and, uh, and that was kind of a large tenet of our life. I didn't. I also didn't have sex, but I don't know how much of that was related to the straight up lifestyle, uh, and how much of it was related to me as a human. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I think I told people I wasn't having sex, but I was definitely having sex. Okay, uh, well, so, that makes so, one of us. Sorry, mom. I for um, sure was not lying about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you need, man? Uh, so we now so. Our first take got interrupted by technology. Our second take is getting interrupted by a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so bear with us. But there's this there's this amazing place in um, Elwood called The Cove. And Heather, what was The Cove? I know you I already asked you this question. But what was The Cove to you? Oh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll ramble all day long. I'll describe yeah. it again. What was no The problem. Cove to you? <laughs> exactly. The cove was magic. The cove was magic. Uh, the but cove was a very literally specific what was it? kind of energy. It was. It was <laughs> literally a billiard hall. Yeah, stuck. we think. Yes, we think it was a billiard. There were definitely pool tables there. Yes, there were for sure pool tables, and we were all very bad at it, except for me. Uh huh. I was okay. Um. 
And then there was the back room where all the fun happened, which sounds way cooler than it is. Yeah, it was the fun a... was not uh, was not kinky things. It was no. uh, guys who recently learned how to play guitar and started Very bands. recently, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, and uh, kids like us nodding our heads and bumping into one another. Yes, kids that didn't really have anywhere else to go or... Yeah, well, you mentioned... Uh, in our in our first take, you mentioned uh, how it was the first time that you kind of had like a community. You felt like you had a yes. community. Yeah, because I never like as a as a kid and as an early teenager, I just didn't have a ton of friends, and I was never on like sports teams or you know I didn't go to church. Yeah, for the most part. So that was my first time really finding family outside my family. Yeah, is your first kind of instance of chosen family? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I still choose most of those people as family, or a good, a good amount of them. As yeah, family. you. Yeah, you said you're still like you and I have been friends for half of our lives now, mm -hmm. and you're still on text chains with people. Um, and I also think something, um, something I always think about with you when it t comes to shows. Uh, was how that's where your your love of photography oh yeah uh, really really took off yes that is where uh, I would constantly have my camera with me taking pictures all the time of the bands in a totally creepy way yeah we were going God through knows, these. I was in love with every single one of those people yeah I remember the other night our friend Lacey who's a part of that crew with us and us two, we hung out at your house, yes. and we we started going through a giant Tupperware box, Rubbermaid box of of photos you had Thousands taken. Thousands of pictures. Thousands of photos, and we got through like an eighth I have of no, it. I have no idea what else is in there. It could be anything. It's a there's a lot of photos. Yeah, there sure is, and um, some diaries, ma'am. <laughs> the dog licked my boob. Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> this is part of this is part of the future barn charm. I don't know what else you need from me. Dogs licking. I can't give you any more affection. Um, You're literally almost inside of me, in a, in a non creepy way. Uh, there's a lot of non creepy things happening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're going through these photos, and there are you know like so many photos of me like as like a butter faced. Uh, <laughs> that's butter faced like. 15 year old there are all these photos of the backs of people of cute boys heads Absolutely. that you've taken yep uh there's all these kind of iconic <laughs> photos of you were like learning like you didn't really know how to take photos no i was like, all, yeah all self-taught but, but some of it was like we were looking at these photos and i was like holy cow like those were the photos like that the bands were using on their myspace page or their or their band kit Yeah, every page. once in a while, I got a good one. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that's that photo is like, when I think of a band like Away With Vega, or I think of a band like The Beauty Prevails, photos you took are how I remember them. Yeah, that's what's... Because, because like I said, they were often used by the bands, but also, they were... You had, at one point, your entire walls in your bedroom... <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that! <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want to tell the people or do you want me to tell the people? Well, first of all, I was so hot topic that yes. my entire bedroom was hot pink and black. Yes. Including a checkerboard ceiling. Yes. I don't know how long it took my parents to paint over that nonsense. Yes. It has since been painted over. And how many now how many pushpin holes were oh, in that wall? I can only imagine. 
Yeah. But yeah, my, my walls are completely covered in pictures of local bands. Some non-local bands. I mean, I had a lot of the used stuff up at one time. Yeah. A so, lot of good Charlotte stuff at the very beginning. Yes, that was the beginning. Yes. Mm-hmm. Before I found better things. <laughs> Which is funny. You say we found better things, but like, yeah, we these like mainstream bands. And then we like gravitated toward local. I think this is what's mm -hmm. really interesting is I have this about me where my favorite bands were the local bands. Oh, my for favorite, sure. I still think... Away with Vega, my, which was a local band out of Marion, might, might be my favorite band of all time. I would like to say that I know that at least one of them lives out of the country, but I have not and will not ever stop hoping for a single, just one-time show. Just one. Yeah. Just um, one. Are we all going to be like 50? Absolutely. That would be amazing. Yeah. Are we still going to be there dancing? 100%. Right? And so we have these, mo these memories where like that, I think, that kind of love is why I like move back kind of because I know when I w go to buy Dairy Queen, I think of the Cove. Mm -hmm. Like the, see, the way people walk by, like the high school quarterback might have walked by like the football field and be like, mm -hmm. that's where I threw my touchdown. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's where like Heather and I, like Heather took photos and I like got up the courage to talk to Zach. Yeah. And <laughs> like those kind of things. That's our stomping ground. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so you've got a weird clarity that I don't have because I've never left Elwood. I lived in Tipton for a year. <laughs> yeah. A very sad, the most depressed year of my life. You know what? That was one of my things. Uh, and I don't mean this in any uh, bad way or anything. I just, why haven't you left Elwood? Family. You just don't? Literally the only reason. Yeah. And I feel like that's a, a lot of people. Family's why I moved back. Mm -hmm. And Because um, my family might be dysfunctional and crazy, but... They're still pretty amazing. My parents are still pretty amazing. Your parents are incredible. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, well, there, there's another first. So you're the first straightest person. I have no first female friend. Also, you helped me get my first job. Yeah. Your mother was the uh, manager at Dairy Queen. Not the Dairy Queen by the Cove. The, but the Dairy Queen in Tipton. Yes, Good the Dairy Queen catch. in Tipton. And yeah. uh, I turned 16. I was looking for a job, and you... you I mean, you told her to hire me. Yes. And, uh, which she did for many of your friends. Yes. Um, and and eventually many of my friends. Yeah, Lacey's always like, am I the only one that didn't work there? Yeah, our friend Lacey, anytime Heather yeah, and I are together, we're like, tell it like, oh yeah, you remember Dale and stuff like that? Yeah. And, and, and she feels kind of left out, I think. And then we have to stop and be like, okay, so Dale's the one that blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's, uh, uh, yeah, that's what... Lacey gets for we being, just fill for her being in bougie. Like that's like, what she gets for being bougie. Yeah. Yeah. We just fill her in like they're book characters. Yeah. Which in some story. ways they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You got me my first job. Um, other things. Uh, you also, the first time I really let someone down was you. Oh. And that was such a growing moment for me uh, too. So I had told you that I would go to prom with you. I was mm -hmm. a freshman. You were a junior. Yes. And, yeah, I told you I'd go to prom with you. And only a week before, was it? A f uh, yeah, a few days a week, something like that. Uh, not not far before, I, I bailed. Mm -hmm. And it was for several reasons. I was intimidated by you for some reason. I'm terrifying, in case you don't know. Uh, <laughs> for those that don't know. Uh, I, yeah, so I. That's not even a joke. People are intimidated by me. And People I have no are idea intimidated why. by you, and we have no idea why. And it's yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, well, I think it was kind of your, your... I'm sure being a couple years older was... You were a couple years older. You were, um, you were like, the hot topic gal. And so, and that was what... I didn't want to be the hot topic gal, but I wanted to be, like, the kid that went to shows. And I was still figuring out... We were laughing because of all these photos of me. I'm like, I only dress like this because of you. I have, like, <laughs> a, a beanie that says dork on it. I'm wearing Dickie's pants. And I'm wearing like an Assure Thing t-shirt. Right. And I have those uh, uh, rubber, uh, those bracelets, those black. The the sex bracelets is what they are now, I think, right? Oh, they're called sex bracelets? I think so, because someone said that to me, and I was like, I assure you, they were not sex bracelets back then. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just spent too much money on Hot Topic. Yeah, there's those Hot Topic, like, they're O-rings, essentially, (laughs) from, like, plumbing. (laughs) Just colorful O-rings. And, but, of course, I only had the black ones, and... I only dressed like that because yeah, I was like... Yeah, you only like, had the black ones and I always wore the, all the different colors. Yes. And I did that because of you. And I was... So I think that... And then I also just gotten my first girlfriend, like high school girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And she was she was a sophomore and so she was like not going to prom either. And so she was all like, don't go. And it, it was just like that stupid teenage thing. Yeah. And... We um, don't have the insight to realize that... Our, our stuff affects other people. But I, like, as soon as it happened, like, the next week at school, I realized, like, yeah, this is what it feels like to let someone down. Yeah. Um, I did get stood up for both my proms. Thank you so much. <laughs> wait, what? I don't know the other one. Yep, I sure did. That's, what, that's was why it, I Was just... it the man? Was it? No. 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 Um, no, I, he and I didn't date until after I graduated. Okay. Yeah. So you got, so you, so you got no, stuff. No, it was someone from out of town, which also sounds made up. <laughs> is he real, Heather? He's, he is, yes. He's from out of town. You guys probably wouldn't know him. <laughs> oh, Heather, here, this is really funny. Uh, I wanted to tell you about, this is just real quick. And, uh, so I, I'm four months single now and I'm. I am feeling kind of a pang of loneliness. Oh, I'm sure. So I, and, but not a lot of fish in the sea, in, fish in this pond. And yeah. so I was, so I had this desperate moment and I downloaded Tinder. Oh, I have Tinder. And I first started dating, or not dating, talk, look how I'm talking. I first started talking to someone on there mm-hmm. and it was, and she's like, let's move this to, uh, to text. And I was like, great. And yeah. so we started texting. And then she starts doing the scam, like, uh, dating code, safe dating code. Do you know this scam? I don't. It's where they'll send you, they say, I want to be sure that you're a real person. Uh, okay. And I want it to be safe. And they send you this code. And in order to get the code, you have to put in your credit card information. Oh, that sounds like absolutely for real and not like a bot at all or like just a shitty human. No, you gotta put your credit card information in. Yeah, in order to get this code. <laughs> um, Seems and, legit. <laughs> and so I googled it, and I was like, "Are you getting catfished?" Well, and it was like, "This is a scam people use. They like make money on Tinder by doing this, and they'll just pull out." Who has the time? Yeah, and, I can barely keep up with real conversations. So, so um. That was kind of, so this is my first, this was my moment of feeling kind of like, uh, I feel like I got stood up in the dating, in the, in the, on the dating app where like, 
Oh man, we were having like we were having a real good conversation, and then all of a sudden it that was like sucks. And it what's was actually happening? Like someone, it was actually someone you might have been interested in, and not just some. And then, jerk. Uh, and then I told him to get a real job and blocked him. Honestly, <laughs> who that's such that's such an odd occupation to hold. It's really weird. I had a friend who did that. Uh, he was uh, a Lyft driver, and he got he got if people signed up to be Lyft drivers, he got fifty bucks for every person that signed up. Okay. So he made dating apps in every major city. Dating profiles in every major city and would talk to people and then like if they said they didn't have a job he'd be like what kind of car do you have you should drive for Lyft and he would give me my 50 bucks and he he made like several grand off of that I mean that's not terrible though because he's not hurting anyone's feelings he's not hurting anyone's feelings but he but he is like saying that he lives in Lincoln Nebraska and he doesn't well yeah <laughs> and uh so yeah but anyways uh well yeah so a lot let's see I said first job. You were also, kind of like what we were talking about with the pictures, you were also the first person I ever thought of as an artist. Do you consider yourself an artist? I, I want to, but I couldn't consider myself at this stage in the game more of a craftsperson. A craftsperson. Yeah, because I don't, I don't really do any of the fine arts. I'm not good at any of them. But not even the fine arts. Like, just I like... can't put the time or uh, brain power into becoming good at any of them, so I'm just a little bit good at all of them. Yeah, and you're, like, you're... I love your photographs you took for my wedding. You took photos, and they were beautiful and wonderful. Um, and, yeah, and these shows, you take these beautiful photos. And even, like, well, and you were a hair, is the right word stylist, hairstylist? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, stylist. Um, you were a hairstylist for, for, for many years. Yep, specialized in color. You gave me is... my best haircut back when I, when I could have interesting haircuts before i went bald did i do it with a big razor that i broke open no you did not you did it when i for sure did josh josh caldwell's hair like that you did with a big razor <laughs> i did uh that poor no guy. you did it with um you did it legit at when you were in train when you were no, training yeah. and i came over uh, you remember in high school you don't remember this haircut the steps the mo step it was a mohawk with steps in the side yes um, we ca I called it the most step, uh, as one would, um, <laughs> and it's the reason there are no senior photos of me. Uh, <laughs> oh no, did your mom hate me? <laughs> my mom, she didn't hate you, she hated me, and, <laughs> and she's... See, I would have done your senior photos. Yeah, see, I should, we should have also yeah. just had you do them. Yep, should have linked so, up. She did not, um, appreciate that haircut at that time so i got it right at the fall of my senior year mm -hmm. and she claims that i said i didn't want them i love photos being taken of me i would never <laughs> Duh, have said obviously that. Um, i literally never said that in my life <laughs> she said um what i remember her saying is i'm not paying 500 dollars to forever remember this stupid fucking haircut that sounds more um, like what happened <laughs> and maybe she didn't say the f word but well, she was she was not she was not excited um, about the haircut and yeah. but it was the coolest haircut I ever had and it was I start quickly started going no fault of yours I started going bald in my early twenties <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't do that that wasn't me <laughs> that wasn't you uh, yeah so I've always so you were like the first art like or artsy or whatever yeah. we want to call it and that that was always something that i always admire about you as well and you were the first for me of like oh because in elwood we didn't know a lot of, besides the people at shows and stuff you know yeah 
Yeah, music was never, well, I guess I, I love to sing, but I'm not great at it. Again, like, I like to write every once in a while, but I'm not great at it. Mm-hmm. It's just, but, but most of the stuff I, I But you have to be great at something to do it. You really don't. That's why I still love to sing. It Even took if... us a while to, I think it takes people a while to learn that, but I. Oh, absolutely. I learned that, um, I learned that at a late, like in my late 20s, like, it's okay to just do things yeah yeah um, it, it's, it's okay to just be not great at something and still enjoy doing it yeah mm-hmm. um what's something you're doing nowadays that you just maybe you're not great at it but you just love doing it is there something uh, <laughs> petting your dog i'm petting apparently dog. i'm not very good at it because she's, she's she's like excuse me ma'am uh let's see I I just don't have a ton of time to to do stuff that I'm not great at. But yeah. that's my own issue. That's my own, like, if I'm not excelling at the thing that I'm doing, I'm not going to bother doing it. If I can't make money at it, it's it's a whole situation. <laughs> well, but even, like, things you do make money at, like, you you, you make these bows. How would you uh-huh. describe... I don't know things about bows. How would you describe these bows? Uh, they're one of a kind. Mo- mo- like, I only make one of each, and it's... Usually, but what are they for? Are they for culture, hair? Yeah. Okay. Pop culture, horror. So that yeah, and they're like bows with the little what are those called? Mm-hmm. The hair clips thing. Yeah, it's just, yeah, just a clip. I'm so. I don't it's know. okay. I don't even wear them. Yeah, and I always forget that I have them. Um, and yeah, That's and a solid so dog. so you started making, you started making these. A couple years ago? I did, and then I got burnt out, and I haven't made any in seven months. But, but now you I'm were making, making them, and people were into <laughs> Oh, and you started making masks. Yeah. So even something like that of just um, just to be doing something with your hands and to be creative. and Yes. Um, yeah. Because I, I notice all those are like all the things that we've kind of talked about are you doing things with your hands. Yeah. <laughs> Here's I mean, us. Is this the transition into the sexual part of the talk? Y- yeah, that's um, why I love you know, <laughs> uh, you know yeah but yeah photography or um making these things um i mean part of that's absolutely a, a self-defense for not picking up my fingers because my anxiety oh gets, interesting yeah, i can't watch a tv show or anything without something in my hands or else i'll pick my hands to death you probably be a good crocheter i'm, I'm the, i've done crochet yeah yeah <laughs> i'm not good at it <laughs> so i dropped it i've got a whole giant thing of yarn at home but um yes yeah, and I, I think that's something to do with the um, untested ADHD that I'm working on. Yes. Getting that tested. Getting it tested. Did you yes. did you go did you have an appointment? I had my intake appointment two months ago, and yeah. I ha- I've been calling every Thursday for the testing, and they still are okay. like, "We're I waiting." Okay. I'm like, great. Yes. You no, know, it's fine. I've only been waiting a f- fifty years to get tested for this nonsense. Yeah. Uh, I love how. All your time, all your kind of characterization of time are like very exaggerated. Absolutely. You've been waiting 50 years to get tested for ADHD. We've been friends for 100 years. Several hundred, I think. Uh, Several hundred years. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, Well. Yeah, crafty stuff. I'm always crafting. Oh, I I make um, kink impact stuff too. Good transition. So, okay, I asked you this question the other day when we were hanging out because you said you make kink impact stuff. Uh huh. And I was like, Okay, I'll buy what's what's impact <laughs> right implements. I think you call them implements. Impact, yes, impact implements. implements. Yes. Um, yes. 
So what I've been uh, working on are hand paddles. Because okay. impact in the kink world is like what you know what people usually see as BDSM, which is several different things. Yes. But impact is sadism and masochism. Yes. Part of it. Where people like to be hit. Yes. Consensually. Consensually and kind of as, in a way, I see it as like a p power for both people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not like... It's one of the few It's ways. not abuse. No. Let's make it's, that clear. Yeah. If, if, for people. Because I think a lot of people have the wrong idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people... I've had doctors concerned about marks and stuff before. And so at this point now, when I go to the doctor, if I have any marks, I start... Before I even take my clothes off or anything, I say... I just need you to know these bruises are consensual. This is something that I enjoy. That I'm not in an abusive situation. I appreciate you checking. Yeah. Because I do. I, yeah, I would rather people check in than just ignore it and be like, well, maybe she just likes to be hit, you know? Yeah. I do. But that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Yes. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they check in. But I just front load that information now. Okay. Because people do usually go to just immediately jump to abuse. Yeah, and I... That's interesting, and I think about how you kind of are really good about front-loading that information in general. Yes. Like, with friends and with, uh, well, you, you work, you work at, can we say where you work? Yeah. You work at After Dark. Uh, and, which is an adult store, yeah. Which is an adult store. and Because so, it also kind of sounds like the So that is, club. working yeah. there is in its own way, a way to, probably a lot of ways you talk about that stuff. Yes. Openly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and. Uh, you talk to a lot of your friends, you know, I, yeah, it, you talk to your friends about it and you, and when you date people, I'm assuming that's also something you probably mentioned kind of quickly. Yeah, well, yeah, usually when I, when I date someone, I, if it's someone I'm planning on having any kind of a BDSM, any kind of interaction with, I will usually do a checklist on interests and limits and things. Yeah. Which is, I guess, isn't something that you usually do on a first date, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. But, uh, but do you think our, our generation, or maybe even younger, the younger generation behind us, is, is starting to do that? Because we are so interested in consent. Mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. For, for, obviously, for the best. Yes, yeah, um, for sure. We're really interested in consent. And so people are saying, what are you into? What mm -hmm. are you... Um, yeah, like, not just being like, I guess we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. And then you're like, someone ends up in a spot they don't want to be in. Yep. Um, Hear about that quite a bit. And, but, and I think that's what, what always, it was a good reminder when anytime I talk to you about the kink community, is that it, it actually goes against a lot of the assumptions people would make about stuff like that. Yes, the kink, the kink community that I'm a part of, which is an indie, I know that there's like one in Anderson, I think, but okay. it's the age brackets above me. It's, from what, I've under, from what I understand, it's like 50 to 60, or, which is fine, but that's just not my scene. Yeah, even though you, that's two not of your my age. <laughs> even though two of my partners are f nearly 50. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, um, but that's not my age bracket. <laughs> So I, I go to Indy, and that, I mean, the whole scene is extremely based on consent yeah. and safety, and we do not play around with people that go against that at all. Uh, speaking of consent, my dog is not consenting to this interview. She's so whiny. Um, I know. Uh, but anyways, you're saying really great things. Uh, so I don't, if you just grab her, she'll. <laughs> Ma'am. Um, Ma 
And she, <laughs> so she said, hmm. "Sorry." So we were talking about the the yeah the kink community, and so and how it kind of uh, goes against a lot of the expectations people would have. Absolutely, yeah. So it's not about people. It's think not it's, very ab- scary. it's not abuse. It's it's BDSM. It's not. Yeah, it's one of the during a, a especially an impact scene. It's one of the only times I feel powerful in my life. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that in. Um, kind of in a feminist perspective mm-hmm. of uh of the of that being a feminist of sexuality being a feminist tool absolutely um does that is that what you yeah because at the like i'm i just to give information about me personally i'm a collared submissive okay i've been collared for five years what does that mean being being collared means you're i mean it all depends on the situation like there's several different collars there's a collar of, um, you, like when you first start out, Okay. Co- collar of consideration, and there's play collars, there's, uh, you can wear this out. Okay. Then there's, mine's a permanent collar, it's a collar of commitments, akin to a wedding band. Okay. And, and it's literally a collar. Yes. Mine yeah. is literally a like collar. Like yours is literally. Because I'm able to wear that to work and stuff. A lot of people can't, so they have what's called a day collar. Okay. Which can be a necklace or yeah. can be a bracelet or just, just a touchstone. Yeah. To so this you. really is a lifestyle. Is in t- yes. is It's like it's an every moment. It is a 24-7 of... for me personally. It's not for everyone. I mean, for a lot of folks, kink is bedroom only or, you know. But for me, it's it's a 24-7 power dynamic. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm going to take a quick break. And let this dog outside. Okay. Um, Do you want me to ramble about? Yeah, I want kink? you to ramble about. <laughs> will you ramble about kink? Sure. What what part? <laughs> Whatever. I can get into the feminist aspect, I suppose. Because <laughs> the dog's got to go out. But yeah, uh, I, it's a very big part of feminism for me personally. Because oh, that's where I was going with the I'm a collared submissive. Yes. Yeah. At the end of the day, the submissive ha- holds all the power. Because we are the one that says, no, you can't do that to me. Yes. Yes, you can't do that to me. I mean, even when you go all the way to the more extreme version, which is slave master, and, you know, you kind of sign away all your autonomy, you're still choosing to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we let the dog out, and now the dog's barking. Yes. Um, yes. There's a lot going on out there, I guess. Uh, barking at the windmills. No, she's barking at us talking. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll teach us. Um, so this is this is a good. Thank you for being a learning experiment for me too. About, <laughs> yeah, no problem. Dog goes in the barn during interviews, during right. conversations. But we, um, yeah, I think I'm just so fascinated by that. How did you get to that from like being like this uh, reserved, uh, like you said, not having sex in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of person to that. Yes, because now to my, where you are now. My main interests and my main geekdoms are human sexuality and kink, and I, yeah. I do love talking about them, probably more than what people really want to hear. But yeah, again, I'm a rambler. How did I get there? Well, I got there through non-monogamy. Uh huh. Um, is that kind of probably a common thing? Um, there's a lot of overlap, especially in in. Are seen. I don't know a whole lot of monogamous, monogamous people in the scene. I know that they're there, but yeah. I, there is the the as they say the Venn diagrams like a stack of pancakes almost. Okay. <laughs> so you know. Yes. Most of the polyam folks that I know are kinky, and most of the kinky folks I know are poly or non-monogamous in some way. Yes. Because I, I have a hard time 
using the poly title anymore. I usually just go with ethically non-monogamous because there's a lot of problematic problematic folks in the poly community and I don't know how much I want to be. <laughs> yeah, because poly could just be sleeps around a lot. Well, it's more unethically. Oh, it's sorry. more. It's more the opposite. Where uh, a lot of people think that if you're poly, you all every single interaction you have sexually or romantically has to be like if if you're if you mess around, you know, play around with someone sexually, yeah. you should be in a relationship with them. And I don't agree with that. I I think that there's a lot of folks that are non-monogamous and have several full-on relationships but also are swingers or they just have an open relationship sexually and yeah some people don't think that you can have sexual experiences outside of your poly relationships and still yeah. be poly so that's why i just go with ethically non-monogamous at this point that's a great that's a great term yeah um yeah oh that reminds me uh i'm sure you've read the ethical slut I've read part of it, yes. I that don't was, I don't have the newer version. That was I need a, to get it. That was a book I I I'm always interested in I'm interested in everything. Uh -huh. So I'm just was just curious about uh especially as you and I kind of reconnected, I was like trying to learn about that kind of stuff and um that was a really eye-opening book cuz it is it's it's a guidebook but it's also like a memoir. It's also Kind of the authors kind of mm -hmm. are talking about their own. They're talking about this is how we do it, yeah. and this is what we've learned, and this is what we're into. Um, but but uh, while yeah, that also one and being sex like, at dawn are usually the two that people tell folks to get when. What was the other one? Sex at dawn. Sex at dawn. And then um, my friend wrote a, a book about poly and race called um, "Love Is Not Colorblind." That's really interesting. Oh wow. Um, yeah, because even though we're a very open community, the racial issues are definitely still there. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, well, because then you, yeah, and you're, yeah, that gets so tricky. I bet too, because, because yeah, because sexual preferences are an innate thing. Or I don't know. I don't know how to as think about it. As far as race goes, it's not innate. It's learned. It's learned. Yeah. Um, yeah, your your no, I didn't mean your, sexual preferences. your racial preferences are really just biases. Yeah, at yeah. The end of the day. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Ingrained, maybe. Innate, no, I don't think so. Ingrained, personally. yeah. Oh, that's the right word. No, you're right. But it's, it's. I mean, just like everything else that we learn in small town Indiana. Yes. You got to unlearn it. You got to continue your entire life unlearning shit constantly. Yeah. So what's that like? Because you're, you're open about it. Uh-huh. Um, about being ethically non-monogamous. I am. About being into kink. Mm -hmm. About working in After Dark. Yes. Um. And so I'm, I'm curious about how that, you know, because also you do things like you're a mother yep. and you're a, you're a sister and a daughter and you you go to the grocery store and you are a friend. So mm -hmm. at, how's that <laughs> in Elwood? I mean, with, oh God, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't really go out in Elwood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's not I, a lot of places to go out there's, to. But. There's not, and also a lot of my time, you know, I've, I've got an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old. Yes. I've got a full-time job. Yes. Which is, has a very weird schedule. And I've got my kiddos 50% of the time. The other 50% of the time, almost exclusively, if I'm not at work, I'm in Indy. Because that's where two of my partners live. Yeah. And then one of my partner, the one, the one who sounds like she's made up, is a flight attendant. And she comes in and visits every once yes, in a while. Yes, yes. 
She's gorgeous and she's a model. Fully sounds made up. <laughs> and I love her so much. But um, yeah, so I don't spend a lot of time in Elwood. But the thing is, after being the weird kid. Yeah. Since I was 14. Yeah. 13, 14. You stop noticing the stairs. <laughs> I'm 33 years old. I've been the weird kid for two decades. Well, you've always had like color, like colored hair mm -hmm. and like flashy makeup and yes, the and hot I've, topic look. As I've gotten older, I've also gone to the sluttier clothing end of things too. Mostly because I run hot. Yes. And I hate being hot. There you go. Not like sexy, like I love being hot. Yeah. But I hate <laughs> being warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I've definitely, uh, I moved towards short skirts and sheer tops because frankly i'm more comfortable in that <laughs> exactly yeah sure. so i guess i mean i get stairs and stuff all anytime i'm out but i've got blinders on it this well way. i yeah and i was that but i also was just thinking like um even just like socially just like talk like do, do you ever okay here's another way to frame it do you ever get sick of people like me asking you questions about it I really don't. Okay. <laughs> I really um, don't. And I well, because you mentioned... You know, I do we, it 40 hours we, a week. We talked about race earlier, and I like a lot of my black friends or Hispanic friends and such get sick of people being like, oh, what's God, your sure. experience like yeah. as a black person in America? Yeah. And Because and I'm sure it's exhausting, and it's mostly negative. Um, and so I was wondering if there is something like that with a lifestyle choice. Um I wondered if there's no, anything, like, I mean, especially in a small town like this. Do you, f you don't feel like people are like, uh, dance for me monkey kind of feel? Not with... really. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of people that I don't already know ask yeah. me about it. Because um, so. most of the people that I have mentioned it to and yeah. weren't interested in ever talking about it floated out of my life. Yes. Almost immediately. Yeah. And it is, like you said, it's your number one interest. Yeah, well, I mean, when, when I became non-monogamous, I lost probably 90% of my friends. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Um, Some of whom are perfectly fine with cheating in a, in a monogamous relationship. Yes. But once they know everyone's okay with it, that's weird, gross. So that's really the only time I've had to deal with people. I mean, people, if I mention it at work, people get a little weird, but... You know, once I explain, I'm super happy. They all know about it. They know each other. Yeah. They interact, you know. Yeah. The first question is, how can your man be okay with that? And I'm like, first of all. Your man. Right. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> and second of all. And, and the, you see their eyes cross. And right. Like, Wait a minute. I feel that way. As I feel like a dummy something when you were like, impact implements. I'm like, whoa. whoa. What now? <laughs> um, like. Uh, beady things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, well, I, I really admire how you're, like, how you're, how you're open about it, because, like I said, I think being open about stuff is the way that we can, we learn from each other. Mm -hmm. So talking about it on a podcast, or, uh, you're really great on Facebook. I love, I, I, I can never tell, I think you have two Facebook accounts? I do, but I don't use one. Okay. The family one I don't use. Okay. So. Every once in a while I'll pop over there, but. So, so you're. This side of you, this, uh, this Facebook account, uh, you you also are, you get on, you'll get on the Elwood uh, pages about. <laughs> They've gotta hate me on there. You, <laughs> I know they do. We have to. So there are these pages. I'm sure people on Facebook who are involved in Elwood in any way 
know what we're talking about, but there, there's one uh, Elwood uh, citizen sharing information, which very little sharing actual of information, yes. actual information. Um, Mostly it's people saying that, oh my God, the conspiracy theory is on there lately. That's literally, that group is why I had to take a Facebook sabbatical. Oh, really? Yes. But instead like, of just taking a sabbatical anymore. from that group. And um, mind you, the little bit I've been on there, I've been in that fucking group. Yes. <laughs> and I love... I can't help myself. Uh, well, but the, I admire about you, and I love... Because you, you'll stay pretty composed a lot of times on yeah. there. Where, and you're like, that, you'll kind of explain the logic of something like that. Yeah. The logic of that's all for that. And without saying you're a racist, you'll say that is yes. problematic. And you explain it. You won't just kind of like how you do when I ask goofy questions about kink. You you're very uh, you're open, but you're also um, graceful and gracious about it. And I I admire that. Well, at my core, I mean, I, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. And I, then turns mm. out I don't really like kids. Ah. So once my kids are a little bit older, I do plan on going to school to do um, sex and relationship therapy. Amazing. And some education, too, because those things are super important to me, and I think it's one of the few things in this world I'd be really good at. So I would like to put time towards that. Nice. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so at my core, I, I love educating people. Okay. And especially when it's something like race or trans issues or something that I don't have to face. Yes. I try and educate people as much as I can so that they don't take their dumb bullshit to someone who actually has to deal with it. Wow, that's a really good way of looking at it. Um, because like you said with your friends of color earlier, it's like, do I want to bring these questions to them and have them have to relive this shit? Yes. I don't have that. I don't I don't have to deal with that. Yes. Because I'm extremely white. Yes. <laughs> I'm not even just like, we did the 23 and Me, and they were like, bitch, you're white. You're like, because <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, I've, I've heard my whole life, I'm a large chunk Native American. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. No. But no, I am not. I was like 99.9% European. Uh-huh. So anyway, I, I don't deal with any of that. So if I, you, you know, I mean, it's similar to if someone needs to learn something about assault survivors or something along those mm-hmm. lines, I'd rather them go to someone instead of me because I don't like reliving that if I don't have to, especially in a bad headspace. I'd rather them go somewhere else to someone who yes. doesn't have the firsthand trauma response. Um, yeah. And also, these people, especially in this town, bless this town, but these people, you say anything that even, like, gets them off-center as far as, this is exactly what I want to hear, yes. they blow up. Yes. They tell you you're a sheep, they tell you you're a libtard, which is, a, I'm like, really? Yeah, I thought we were done worst. using yes. the tard word. Right. Yeah. Oh, they'll still straight up throw out the R word. Yeah. I'm like, in the year... Of our Lord 2020. Yeah. Also, I'm an atheist, but I still say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm atheist I was, leaning into Satanism, actually. I'm, a, I'm an atheist tonight, and I, uh, and I still uh, listen to gospel music all the time. Yeah. Um. I listened to Copeland the other day. <laughs> and I was like, how did I ever listen? Um, I walked down the aisle to Copeland. Yeah. That was interesting. Well, so Pete Holmes, who we were talking about earlier, he has this really amazing thing that he said... And an episode, actually, an episode with David Bazan. You know, David, Pedro the Lion. I feel like you'd be into this. That um, sounds really familiar. I'll, I'll show you stuff. Okay. But um, 
So he was talking, and he told David, he said, he became uh, more, Pete said he became more Christ-like, meaning, you know, uh, compassionate and graceful and all these great things. He became more Christ-like when he uh, left Christ-leaning circles, when he left church and when he stopped and when he kind of, he started exploring like meditation and Buddhism and, Mm -hmm. and art and he became more Christ-like. And I thought that was really beautiful. And I, so kind of what we're talking about, and I can't remember if it was on this or the lost tapes, um, <laughs> but it was, the but, but about, um, guess we should, we should set up some sort of a backup next time. <laughs> want, wanting to be, that's a great idea. Wanting to be, um, a good person and how are we a good person? And I think one of the ways you do that is you're, um, uh, you're, 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 you're open-minded in a lot of different ways. But you're open. I can't. Yeah, you're so. The fact that you still engage. I know you do it partly for entertainment, but you still sincere. You <laughs> yeah. are engaging with people. Yeah, I, you're not I, just like fuck off. There's definitely a point where I get to where I'm like fuck off. You I'm have done. your point. Everyone yes. has their point. Yeah, but I will try to explain stuff to most people if I feel like yeah the vector is open. Then I'm going to try and explain it to them. But if like some people, you can tell they're just shut and they don't care, and I will not engage with that. Some people have never been explained. So I had this experience. Yeah. I have this experience with my parents a lot. My parents are wonderful, and you know this. You know my parents, mm-hmm. and they're wonderful, and they mean well, and they they're very and they've grown a lot as people in my lifetime that I've seen. Um, but sometimes things will come up just because they don't know. Yeah, absolutely. They don't know, and um, we had a really interesting experience with them. I've had it with both of them. Where they accidentally were talking, or they were talking about a situation, and they said, um, "You should go over there and try to Jew them down." Yes. And I said, "Wait, well, you know <laughs> what that what you're talking about?" Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not trying to throw them on the butt. This is like a learning experience, and yeah. they they both sincerely thought it was a different word. Mm-hmm. They thought that. And once I explained, no, like that comes from a history of uh, stereotypes about yes. Jewish people, and and like you know that yeah that and they both took it out of their vocabulary. Mm-hmm. They both my parents have done that with, and they were things. like, whoa, and and so sometimes people just say, I have to do that all the time with stuff. Yes, again, unlearning, constant unlearning. Oh my god, because like I will never get to the point of being a, a pretty decent person. I'm constantly unlearning. Yeah. And I will and, never be comfortable. And I think uh, you can't grow if you're comfortable. Yes. Um, and that brings me to oh, there's a couple things as we finish up. I think we should finish up. Oh, sorry. Soon. No, 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 not you. <laughs> uh, I want to make sure that uh, we're bur- we're burning daylight. And uh, but no, we. You were also one of the. You mentioned a little bit ago. You were the first atheist, the first person I ever met that called themselves an atheist. Mm-hmm. That I ever met. Um, at the time, I was going to uh, a, a youth group um, with my girlfriend, and I was going because of my girlfriend. Uh-huh. And uh, I had a shirt that said, uh, "Basketball is a game, but Jesus is life." Um, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, and it what. Uh, yeah, and so I I didn't know what I was doing. I was floundering, and I had this sense. I had this sense that like, uh, this doesn't seem true. This doesn't seem 
things mm-hmm. don't seem right. And you were kind of the first person in a way that gave me permission to explore that yeah, and what that question meant. question it. Uh, but we, you came out really young. I did. I I spent a lot of years. I didn't come from a religious background. Yeah. I mean, my parents would send me to church every once in a while, but it was more of a like, please let us have a Sunday morning to ourselves type mm-hmm. situation. So they would send all three, me and both my brothers, all three of us, they would send us <laughs> to a church, yeah. any church, any church will do. Just please go away for a few hours. And yeah. I, as a mom, I'm like, yes, I get it. You have to go to a church. <laughs> yeah, you just need to. I'm like, why don't you guys go to church? They gave you that old call leader. Here's the list of churches. <laughs> <laughs> Pick one out. We'll drop you off. Kick you out of the car. But, um. Yeah, I, I tried. Try. I can't tell you how many hours I prayed and prayed and prayed, waiting to find, hear anything, anything. I was yeah. I was just waiting for something. Nothing. Dead air. Well, especially probably as a kid that felt like left out and excluded from a lot of peer groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was probably like, yeah, I mean, hey, I, buddy. Like, yeah, I, anything? Hello? I I frequently tell people, you know, the people who listen to me long enough, that um, impact play, again, that's where, that's, when I feel the closest to how I assume people feel when they witness God or they feel yeah. God, it's after... Which is a totally fine feeling to go for. Yeah, for sure. And which I, cause that's the thing that a lot of atheists are like F religion, like burn it all down. And, and, oh yeah, that's not me. And yeah, I don't think either of us are like that. And you know, Sam Harris, who's someone I really admire, who's a neuroscientist and an atheist scholar, he, um, said, you know, there's nothing wrong with the the feeling that we're going for with religious transcendence. Mm-hmm. We try it with a lot of things, meditation and yeah. uh, other forms of spirituality and sex and um, art. But it's the problem is when you're using that in uh, like ways that uh, oppress people and yeah. ways that uh, hurt people and damage people. And terrify be, people. It would be a lot different if I, w- if I came up to you and I said, I really like this thing. It feels really good. I'm going to make you do it now. Yeah. Which is what some folks do with religion. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you told me I was going to uh, go to eternal damnation because I wasn't into kink. Yeah. That <laughs> um, so is as close to a religion as I have. Yeah. <laughs> it truly um, is. I was that way with, that's where poetry came in for me. Yeah. Was um, I went to poetry readings, which felt like church in a lot of ways. It was the, the oral tradition. Yeah. And the, um and i had my sacred text i had my sacred text and um i was constantly finding new meaning in that um so yeah and that was the feeling for me when some yeah it was being with text in that way yeah i fully understand people searching for that because it's amazing when you get it yes but for me i'm like a lot of mine is just straight up endorphins Uh when you take a heavy enough beating Eventually, you get the feel-good chemicals. It's like a runner's high. Yes. From what I understand. I don't know. I've never ran, but that's what they say. It's like a runner's high. I'm like, sweet. I like it. I'm like, I took I took. And you don't have to run. Yeah. I just. Get, I literally wear, just get to you stand You don't have to wear there. shoes. I get to stand or just bend over, and that's all I have to do. And take yeah. a fairly heavy beating, and then my brain's like, you have feel-good chemicals now? And I'm like, yes, thank you. I worked hard yeah. for these. <laughs> Plus, I get I get very proud of myself. It's one of, Like I said, it's one of the few things that... I do really, really well. Yes. So I can be like, yes, I'm proud of myself for what I just did. But again, I literally just did, I did nothing. Well, and maybe that's related to it too, is like, you know how kind of the smugness people sometimes get with like church work, Mm -hmm. like missionary work or Mm -hmm. whatever, like I did a good job. Yeah. And we like feeling like we did a good job. I have a huge praise kink. That's one of my biggest kinks. Yeah. I love praise. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
I'm know, also a brat, so figure that out, Jesus. Who knows? Yeah, and brat in the kink world being... Exhausting. Being, I'm exhausting. You're being exhausted. And yes, you I... gain pleasure from uh, being uh, disobedient? Or, uh, to an extent. Or mouthy? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that. I like hassling my dom. Uh, yeah. And he likes it, too. He, he wouldn't do well with a super, like, well-behaved... <laughs> so is it... So it sounds really, kink too is really performative. Uh, is I mean, that, it can I be, don't mean that but, in a rude way. I'm sorry, I didn't. No, it's okay. You kind of just look at your face. <laughs> well, no, because I mean, for some folks it is. For some folks it's work. Yeah. But for me it is, it's, it is ingrained. I mean, it's just, but, it's not really performative. So it's, it's like letting out a side of yourself? There's a lot yourself? of banter. It's like letting out a side of yourself? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of it that I won't do with. Like, I'm, I'm extremely big on you do not practice kink around folks that don't consent. I do not, I'm not, I'm 100% not okay with public like play. Like not like at a coffee shop, like. Right. Yeah. So I will be a complete brat to him at a kink event. Yes. But if we're out, I'm usually a pretty good listener. I might be a little mouthy, but. I know. see. Um, yeah. So yeah. There's, the... there's definitely a side of me that I can only bring out sometimes. Yes. Mm. I mean, fairly often, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, the last thing that I've been trying to do with these is, because it is about Elwood and it is about how do we make Elwood better and how are we better people in Elwood. So what is something, I'm still learning how to ask this question, what is something that you hope for Elwood? What is something you wish would happen in Elwood? Wish, And this could be whatever. It could be I wish we'd get a... Uh, Chipotle. <laughs> There's people that are real hard but, on this Wendy's that we were or the to Wendy's. Have last year. We're, people are real, we're supposed to be getting a Wendy's. I hate Wendy's. Um, <laughs> so that one's not my answer. <laughs> uh, but it could also be you know my brother talked about um, you know how like when he was here as a kid like seeing seeing his few classmates of color being having prejudice against him and oh, hoping yeah. that hoping that it continues to blossom. Okay, I know you're going to talk to Patty about art and stuff, but she'd probably be a good one to talk to about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so so whatever it is, but is there something that you're like, when you're walking around Elwood or when you're living in Elwood, you're like, man, I wish th this for Elwood. I genuinely wish we had a spot like the Cove or something like it for the youth to hang out at. Yeah. Safely. Because that's the thing, like... The, I don't remember any alcohol or drugs mm -mm. or anything, and maybe I was just oblivious. I think it happened. I'm very good at being oblivious. I think it happened, but I think people, I think it was well-maintained enough that it wasn't like, it no wasn't one was issue. in there doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there were definitely people in the scene that were, which is yeah. fine. I mean, not everyone was straight edge, but I wish that there was somewhere we could send the, you know, tweens and teenagers yeah. to where they can go and safely have a community that's not a church yes because there's some kids that love youth youth group and stuff at the church and that's great that should definitely be available to them but for the kids like because mine aren't necessarily religious yeah so like i had the cove what what do other kids have now that aren't like dresses we also had the skate park back team. then we still have a skate park don't we mm -mm. no no they're we're working on it they're oh, okay. working on it and um yeah, and good folks are working on it. But, um, but yeah, so like skate, yeah, so the, these kind of alternative yeah. activities. Because you know, the scene is coming back. It's cool again. What? You see these e boys and e girls? 
It's very similar That's to like emo? the scene. It's yeah. pretty close. Um, okay. Like, it looks like 2003 in here. We're going to be cool again. Right? Um, well, now I wear, I wear fishing shirts. I, I'm not... I'm not cool anymore. <laughs> well, I don't go to Hot Topic. I, don't, uh, I go to Hot Topic and I'm like, I don't what hang, happened here? I don't hang out with you enough to, uh, to pretty soon I'm going to start dressing like I used to. My I want to get out some Dickies shorts. Yeah. And, um, well, hell not. I never grew up. Yeah. <laughs> well, Grown-ups for suckers. I don't think I grew up. I think I just, <laughs> I think someone just gave me some fishing shirts. Uh, That's my, really all it takes. Um, but Heather, thank you for talking to me. Thanks for having me. Let me um, ramble at you. And I think this is, I'm, I'm learning a lot about this project in this town by doing this and thinking about this. And so being able to talk to someone that I admire so much, like yourself. Aww. Uh, I do. Because, uh, yeah, like I said, you're open, you're honest, and you're um, passionate. And I you're, try to live as authentically as I can. Yeah. And that's awesome. And I think it really comes it through in this conversation. Good. So thank you. And I love you. I love you too. Um, all right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Welcome back to Future Barn, y'all. Today's episode is with Heather Collier. She's one of the most authentic, honest, and sweetest people I've ever met. Um, is a friend of mine for many, many years. Um, I think she's a voice that really needs to be heard. Um, and this conversation covers a wide range of topics from our teen years as a punk show going heathens to... Uh, her interest in the kink community to life here in Elwood. Um, yeah, so it goes all over the place, but it's a really wonderful conversation. There are, so there were some technical problems. We had like a really wonderful 10-minute conversation, uh, and for some reason my device wasn't recording, so we had to start over. And then uh, at one point... Uh, my dog, Jenny Bug, throws a fit, and we have to deal with that and are distracted by that. But I think it just adds to the friendly nature of my relationship with Heather and, uh, yeah, and her awesomeness in rolling with the punches. Uh, there is a small content warning. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, Heather's involvement in the kink community and in open relationships, and we both do our fair amount of cussing. Um, I hope you won't turn off because of that, because I think it's a really important, interesting conversation about those topics and around those topics. So again, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. And thanks to Heather for uh, being here and hanging out uh, at Future Barn. Enjoy. Enjoy.